Welcome to the Summit for Wellness podcast, where we help you climb to the peak of your health. And now, here is your host, Brian Carroll. Amazing skin and sex. This seems to be one of the most common desires amongst people as we begin to age. And luckily, with anti-aging practices and regenerative medicine, we're starting to get better and better therapies that we can use to improve both of these. What's up, everyone? My name is Brian Carroll, and I'm here to help people move more, eat well, and be adventurous. And today, I have Dr. Amy Killen on the show to teach us all about different ways to utilize anti-aging practices and regenerative medicine to improve our skin health and our sexual health. Now, there's a lot of different tools that can be used to improve both of these, including stem cells, uh, exosome injections, peptides, light therapy, etc., which we'll be discussing in this episode with Dr. Amy. Dr. Amy Killen is a leading anti-aging and regenerative physician specializing in skin and sex. She's also an international speaker, clinical practice owner, medical director of a national regenerative medicine physician training course. She's an author and a frequent media guest. And she combines stem cells and exosome injections with light, sound, and other energy-based therapies to give patients unparalleled synergistic regenerative effects for skin, hair, and sexual systems. So let's dive into my conversation with Dr. Amy. Thank you, Dr. Amy, for coming on to the show. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and I'm excited to chat with you. I've been doing quite a few episodes lately on the regenerative medicine space, and I know you bring a really unique approach to that. So before we get into that, let's learn a little bit more about you, what's your background, and then what got you into all this in the first place? So I was an ER doctor first. I was an emergency physician for about 10 years, um, board certified in emergency medicine. And towards the end of that, I had my three kids. I had twins, and then I had one more within about a 20-month period. And at the same time, my husband had moved out of state to take a job. So I was sort of the single parent of these three very small kids, and I was working at a, a job that required me to be at work at four in the morning every day. And as you might imagine, I started to have problems with just a lot of stress, a lot of not eating well, not exercising, not sleeping, like all the things that we know are bad for you. I was doing all of them. And, <laughs> and I kind of got to a point where I realized that I was really unhealthy. And, and that also that my patients that I was seeing in the ER, like that were coming to see me, you know, for health problems, a lot of those patients were suffering from the exact same things. And I couldn't really help them. And so I decided to just start learning some new things. And so I spent a couple of years, you know, kind of transitioning, um, learning about, you know, longevity medicine, integrative medicine, anti-aging medicine, like whatever we want to call it, but essentially being healthier using some different tools and eventually got interested in regenerative medicine as well, which is kind of using your body to heal itself. Um, and so that was kind of my path into what I'm doing now. And I focus specifically on, on skin and sex now because I had so many patients that would come to me and ask for help with one of these two things. And I realized that there was a, a sort of a hole in what uh, was being um, offered to people uh, around these two subjects. And so I became very interested in filling that hole. Now, stress-related issues, that's one of the top reasons why people go to the doctor in the first place, isn't it? You know, they come in for a lot of other things, but stress is oftentimes one of the main things that are causing it. You know, we know that that chronic 
chronically elevated cortisol is responsible for you know everything from not being able to sleep to gaining weight to lack of motivation to hormonal problems um, and of course you can these can manifest in in everything from depression to you know obesity to you know so many other things so stress is really really important now, the regenerative medicine space seems to be pretty broad. Some people are using stem cells, some people are using uh, peptides, different types of supplements. So can you talk about what is some of the main focus that uh, you uh, are doing within your regenerative medicine space? Yeah, so um, I do a couple of different things. I have uh, I have a partner, Dr. Harry Adelson, who works up in Park City with me at one of my offices, and we, the two of us, do these big we call them full body stem cell makeover procedures, where we essentially put the patient to sleep. We get the patient's stem cells from bone marrow, um, and we were doing fat before, and then we supplement with exosomes and uh, amniotic fluid, as well as some new stem cells called B cells um, and PRP. And we essentially do injections of the full spine, all the major joints. I do the the scalp, the face the neck and the sexual organs. And we do it all in this sort of two and a half, three hour uh, period of time. So in that case, we're using kind of all the things <laughs> together. It's like a kitchen sink approach. You know, we, we think that um, they, they seem to all have some benefit. We use them together. Um, but then I also do cases that are, you know, smaller cases where I'm just using exosomes or I'm just using PRP or, you know, things like that that are not as big a case and we're more targeting um, to maybe one problem. Um, so it really depends on what I'm treating. Can you talk a little bit more about the process of using PRP or exosomes? Are you extracting these out of people and then uh, spinning them, replicating them, and then putting them back in, or how does that work? So the PRP, we're just getting blood from the patient. We we centrifuge it, and then that's just going to concentrate the platelets in the serum so that we have about five times or six times whole blood concentration. So we're just getting a lot of extra platelets in one in the, in the serum. And we use that because the platelets have a lot of growth factors and cytokines within them. And so when we inject those into a, a given area, they essentially will signal to the cells that are already there to start repairing that tissue or, or rejuvenating or regenerating that tissue. Uh, and of course, PRP has been around for you know three decades at this point and is very safe. Um, exosomes are a little different. Now, you can get them from the patient. There's actually some new technologies that we're just starting to explore where we take blood from the patient. We send it off to a lab and they process it and get and isolate the exosomes and send it back. And the patient then can use their own exosomes. So that is something that's just now happening. But, um, but also the other option is that we can get exosomes from labs that are using exosomes from umbilical um, birth products, like, you know, uh, placental tissue, umbilical cords, things like that. So there, and so those, those would be donated um, birth products from C-section babies that were screened, and then they would put them in little vials and send them to us. So interesting. So when it comes to like skin and sex, so those are kind of, um, you know, different in a way, but they are <laughs> kind of related too, right? People want their skin to look really good so that if they're in the bedroom, they, they're looking <laughs> spectacular. Um, yeah. what, what brought you to combining those two or focusing on those two issues? You know, it was, it was really just that this is what patients were asking for over and over again. And I, so I started learning about each of those things separately, skin, hair restoration, and sex. And then what I, what I started realizing was that they really are so connected. I mean, there's so much foundational health stuff that's important for all of those to be optimal, right? Like diet and, and exercise and sleep and stress and all of that. You have to get 
all of those things, you know, optimize before you're going to have good skin or before you're going to have um, good sex. And then same thing with hormones. Uh, they, they, there are just so many important hormonal uh, issues with skin and hair and sexual function. And then, um, and then the treatments that I'm using, many of them overlap. So the things like stem cells and PRP and exosomes, I can use them for skin rejuvenation, hair restoration, sexual optimization. And then I can also use things like lasers, uh, red light therapy, you know, shockwave therapy, like a lot of these same therapies, I can use them for all of those as well. So when you are working on the skin, are you injecting directly into the skin? Or are you focusing all the underlying stuff that could be causing skin issues? Um, I mean, both. I'm, I'm injecting. I, I, I treat specifically um, age-related, you know, skin changes. So I'm not a dermatologist. So if you have, you know, something that is requires dermatologists or requires a biopsy or things like that, then I refer out to my dermatology colleagues. But for age-related uh, skin changes, I, I can inject directly into the skin. And then I also can do something like microneedling where you're you know, applying a device that has little bitty needles that go up and down really fast, but they don't go very deep. They only go about two millimeters deep. They create these little micro channels all over the skin. And then you can apply things topically like the exosomes um, or the PRP or, you know, vitamin C or other things um, topically, and then it gets absorbed really quickly into the deeper layers of the skin because you created the channels for it. So I do a lot of microneedling, and then I also will do injections. Oh, man, that's so interesting. That's a, it's a whole different realm than what I, I know, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're doing needling, does that cause any scarring of any issues? It doesn't. Um, I mean, there there are cases where people who have a history of keloid scarring, which is which is a subset of the population, would have to be careful with any sort of needling, you know, any kind of injections. Um, so it's it's a theoretical risk in those populations. But for everyone else, you're not you're not going deep enough to cause scarring. But you are just going deep enough to um, get right into that dermis, which is right below the epidermis, and then be able to deliver you know these topicals into that level. Hmm. Fascinating. So one of the things you had mentioned is uh, there can be a lot of underlying issues related to like the sexual function, hormones being one of them. Can regenerative medicine be used to change hormones in any way? Or is that or is a hormone part just a separate part as well? Um, I think that we'll start to see regenerative medicine um, working with hormones. Certainly there are some peptide uh, investigational peptide formulations out there that some people are doing. There are, you know, some at least case reports of people using stem cells or exosomes or other things to almost sort of turn back that biological clock to a degree um, and change hormones as well. Um, and, and there are cases of people injecting stem cells and such into ovaries, for instance, to to um, be able to kind of turn back menopause a little bit, but this is all an, under investigation. So mostly uh, the hormones are, we're treating those problems by just re replacing hormones and then we're using the regenerative injections for the structures, the, the, the genitalia and other structures. So when you're working on sexual function, are you injecting into these areas of people? And if so, is yes. that painful? Um, we use topical numbing cream, so it would it would be a little bit painful otherwise. Although not as bad as you'd think. It's actually interesting. The I have a lot of men. You know, I do a lot of uh, injections into penises uh, as well as women as well. You know, I do vaginal and clitoral injections as well. But but men are always very nervous uh, to have this done, uh, which I understand. But uh, it's it's much more painful to do scalp injections or even facial injections than it is to do these penis injections because it's a very small needle. 
it's you know two injections it's it's really very simple but yes we do use numbing cream and it's not a big deal i would have expected it to be a lot more painful than scalp injections or anything like that it's yeah it's definitely <laughs> the scalp is really sensitive you would not you would not think it would hurt as much as it, it can we still you, you know we numb that up as well but if you if you don't get it pretty numb it, it hurts do you also do gains wave there we do, yeah. We use we we do Gainswave as well, and that's been um, we've been doing Gainswave for about five years. We were the first people in Utah to do that, and um, and I've worked with those guys a lot, and they, that's actually really effective for men as, as well. Can you talk a little bit more about what is Gainswave actually doing? Yeah, so Gainswave is high intensity um, sound waves, acoustic waves or pressure waves, we call them, and the other name for it is low intensity extracorporeal shockwave therapy, which is kind of a mouthful. But basically, what you're doing is you have a this handheld device that you're applying these um, these sound waves, these pressure waves to the pe the penis, including the deep parts that you can't see, and those sound waves are causing a little tiny bit of microtrauma, which is then recruiting stem cells to the area. It's increasing growth factors that are going to increase blood vessel formation and blood flow over time. And it's also increasing local nitric oxide, which is going to bring more blood in. So we do a series of treatments. Usually it's, we start with six treatments over three weeks in the office, it takes about 30 minutes. And then um, patients may come back for a further series later. But it, you know, these, these treatments can really help with erectile dysfunction symptoms, um, improving firmness and, and staying power and sensitivity and, and all those kind of things. That was going to be my next question is the people coming in do they always have issues going on, like ED issues and whatnot, or can anyone come in and get this stuff done? And would it improve yeah, they, anybody? They, they, I have a lot of men who don't really have a lot of problems, that they're just getting a little older. You know, they're over 35 or 40, and they're like, hey, you know, I wonder if this would help. And, and the feedback I get is that, that yes, they, they feel like that it it makes things better, even though they didn't think that they had a lot going on to begin with. So it's, you know, we call it, you know, you can kind of help with sort of performance, even if you don't have erectile dysfunction. And I think that the idea is a solid one. Like if you can use these kind of things to, um, to continue, you know, to keep the blood flowing, to keep the smooth muscle cells within the penis healthy, to keep the, you know, the nerves functioning, like all of that kind of stuff, maybe you can prevent, you know, you from having problems later on. We don't know that for sure, but I think it's possible. Is Gainswave also available for vagina and clitoris? So you can do, um, yeah, you can do Gainswave. I think they call it FemiWave, which is a different little protocol, but it's same same machine, um, just some different settings. So we can do that for women. And then there are some home models that the the Phoenix company. I don't know if you've seen the Phoenix. It's a home. Uh, it's a home shockwave therapy device that um, just came out with a female version of that as well. The, there's not nearly as many, there's, as far as I know, there aren't any studies in women with shockwave therapy, um, whereas we have over 40 studies in looking at men and ED um, and shockwave therapy, and it's been you know, successful in men. Um, so I think it makes sense that it would work in women, but it's just not nearly as well studied. One of my questions is, uh, around stereotypes, do you find that males are less likely to come in and ask for help on, on these stuff compared to females? Or what have you seen in your own experience? I've actually seen that females are more are less likely to come in, that, that males are more likely. If you tell men, I have something that will make your penis stronger and work better, they're like, sign me up. Like they're, they're like, they don't even ask. Like they're just like, okay, I want that. Whereas women, I feel like a lot of women have been um, either taught or they just kind of internalize this idea that um, that their their pleasure is not 
quite as important. And so I think, or, or that they don't have any options, that there's not a lot of tools out there for them. So I think that women have a little bit harder time asking for help because either they don't think it's important or they don't think you can help them. Um, so that's kind of what I see. Yep. Yeah, I could totally see that. Uh, so it's kind of the opposite of the stereotypes that I would expect. Um, yeah, I mean, men, men are a little bit more like they can be embarrassed at first, but but then like once you're like once they get over that, they're like, okay, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I can totally see that. The ego kicks in, right? You want you want to have as yeah. much power as possible or control exactly. as possible in the bedroom. Yeah. Um, so when you're doing these type of treatments with people, are you also giving them? lifestyle changes or other changes that they can do to enhance the um, success rate of these um, regenerative medicine applications? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have kind of two different sets of patients, the ones that are local and live near me, the ones that are in, you know, Salt Lake City area, and that are are generally patients at we have a clinic called biorestoration. And those patients will come in you know, periodically for, for, you know, hormones and lifestyle and supplements and, you know, like they're, they're getting their healthcare there, they're getting their labs checked and all of that. And in those patients, absolutely, we're working with them on all facets of health and wellness and kind of betterment. But then I also have patients that come in from out of state or out of the country to see me at my Park City clinic. And that's where we're doing a lot of stem cells and kind of higher level regenerative stuff. Um, and those patients I'm only seeing for you know half a day. And so I don't work with them specifically, but I do always you know kind of talk to them about making sure that they're they're dialing these things in. And a lot of them are are these sort of um, very healthy longevity kind of biohacker people who are already really, really in tune with what's out there and what they should be doing. They're just looking for that next thing. Can you utilize peptides in supplemental form for uh, people that are more virtual or not in the same area as you and still get similar results? Um, you mean like, 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 uh, people who are not coming into the office? Yeah. You, like you're not seeing them in directly in person. So I, I, I don't prescribe to anyone I don't see in person. I, I, we make sure that we see them at least once in person um, just because of the rules with prescribing. And I, I think it's difficult, especially with pep, you know, peptides are already considered pretty investigational and, and there's a lot of trickiness and kind of rules around them. So we at, our, at both of our offices, we require at least one in-person visit before we're, before we're doing any kind of prescriptions. Okay. And um, so once you see them, then you're able to provide peptides or give them other prescriptions that could benefit them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Once we see them, either me or one of my, I have a, a number of great medical uh, providers who work with me. And so as long as one of us have seen them, then we can do, you know, kind of remote visits for the, you know, for the next year, but we do require once yearly in-person visits. Are there any peptides that you really like for skin health? Yeah, GHK copper is a kind of tried and true. It's been around for a long time and it's in a lot of, of your creams and serums and things. And that's great topically for skin. It's great topically for hair restoration, um, especially if you combine it with something like zinc thymulin um, for, for women and for men. Uh, and then GHK copper, you actually can inject it as well. And that can be useful in sort of, sort of peptide cycles. But a lot of people, you know, depending on your preference, don't like in doing, you know, daily injections. They can be kind of a pain. And what's your favorite peptides for sexual function? 
PT-141, which actually is now available as an FDA-approved product for women called Valisi. Um, unfortunately, it's about $700 if, if you don't have insurance that's going to pay for it, which they don't always. But the PT-141 peptide is much less expensive, and we've had that for years. And that actually... It's interesting because it works um, in the at the hypothalamus in your brain, and it works via a pathway called the melanocortin pathway. To, and so, unlike Viagra or Cialis, which is just going to increase blood flow and nothing else, uh, PT one forty one actually increases like libido, sexual interest. Like it, you know, it increases like your interest as well as arousal and erections and such. So it actually works uh, in several different ways. And a lot of men who don't respond to Viagra or Cialis will actually have response to PT one forty one. And then women, which have you know, who have very few options. When it comes to pharmacological, you know, options for sex, a lot of them will also respond to it. So that's a great peptide if you can get it. Okay, is it hard to get then? Well, you have to have a doctor who is familiar with it and is willing to prescribe it to you. So it's not hard to get if you have such a doctor. <laughs> but right. it is, you know, right. all of these peptides, unfortunately, are um, becoming more and more difficult to get. The FDA has cracked down on some of them, um, so we have fewer places to get them, and um, we're just we're a little bit limited on some of them. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things I see a lot in the regenerative medicine space is the term anti-aging. And like a lot of the stuff you're doing with the skin, you're trying to reverse or slow down that aging process, make the skin look more youthful, etc. Do you think there is at any point where we can actually completely reverse the aging process or can we only slow it down? Right now, we can slow it down. However, I think very soon in the next five years or so, we will, we will actually start seeing actual age reversal. I know that, um, you know, I've, I've spoken with a lot of the people who are doing that, you know, the work with, uh, gene therapy, like Bill Andrews and like working with, um, cellular reprogramming like David Sinclair. And, you know, they're, they're still testing some of these things in animal models, but, but some of it's actually being, being tested in humans. And so I think that we will start to be able to see that actual reversal, which is pretty awesome. That's crazy. I wonder what that would do for um, the population, though, if uh, everyone just really slows down or stops the aging process. Would we still die at similar ages as now, or would we just look super youthful as we die? There's a couple of different thoughts on it. I mean, the idea is the goal is to keep people healthier longer, even if they don't live longer. You know, obviously, if you can live longer and be healthier longer, that's great. Um, and there's, but there's been a, quite a lot of uh, analysis done in that field. If, I don't know if you've read Lifespan by David Sinclair, but the the latter half of the book, um, he talks a lot about you know the the concerns people have about overpopulation. You know, the fact that like if we have all these people and they're living so long and they're also healthy, like what's that going to do to our our world, but it actually turns out that we could save trillions of dollars because you have people who are still working and they're still contributing and they're not, they're not, they're not eating up all of this, you know, healthcare money at the, the last couple of years of their life. Like we have right now where people, you know, at the last five years of your life, you're just, you're just eating up and consuming healthcare dollars uh, because you're so sick. So if we could, if we could make it so you're well, 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 and then you just die versus like the slow decline in health, then I think that we would actually see a lot of benefits. That'd be really nice, actually, because that's one of the things I've always wondered is, is it worth living these long ages if you're feeling crappy for the last 20 years of your life? No, I think it's, I think it's, I mean, obviously every person has their own answer, but I think that most, 
most people would probably say it's it's not that's not ideal. Like uh, my my grandmother's a hundred years old and and she's super sweet. She's still with it. Every time I see her, she's like, "Well, I'm gonna die soon, but it's okay." <laughs> she's so cute. But you know, I think that when you lose all your friends and you don't feel good and you're you know you can't walk well, you can't see well, and all of that, then um, then people oftentimes lose hope. And so the idea would be to try to stop that from happening. Yep. Uh, my great grandma, she passed away a couple of years ago at 98 years old, but she was saying that same thing starting at like 80. So was I'm going to die soon. And then 18 like years. years. Yeah. Whenever I see <laughs> yeah. her, she's always like, she'll walk around the house and she'll point to things and be like, you see this, this quilt, Amy, that's going to be yours when I die soon. You see this painting, <laughs> this is going to be yours. when I like, just like grandmother, you've been saying that for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Well, are there any uh, final things that you want to make sure that we touch on when it comes to regenerative medicine, especially around skin and sexual function and uh, health around those areas? I mean, I think just just to make sure that you know that there are a lot of options out there. Like people, a lot of people don't know that there are some really cool things that are, that we can do for skin health, for hair restoration, for sexual health for men and women, and that you know that don't give up if you're having some concerns or problems. Like there's probably some tools out there now that we can use to help you. And don't be afraid to ask for the help. Yeah. Like it shouldn't absolutely. be taboo. I feel like for a long time, this type of stuff was taboo and it shouldn't be. Totally. Yeah. That's, and that's why I do, you know, I was, I, uh, that's why I do so many podcasts is like, I want people to know that, that, that this is okay to talk about. Like, it's not just okay. Like you should be talking about it. Like, let's make this something that, that is not a big deal. Yep. Well, people can find more about you at dramykillen.com. And you also have a peptide oral supplement. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I just came out with an oral um, peptide combination. It's BPC-157, AOD-9604, which is a growth hormone fragment, and, um, and a non-peptide called PEA. And the, this is an oral daily um, supplement that's amazing for uh, promoting healing. So musculoskeletal healing, skin healing, and skin health, as well as um, gut health. And uh, you can get that at letter11labs.com, all spelled out. And if you use the code KILLIN25, you'll get 25% off. Perfect. And all that will be in the show notes at summitforwellness.com slash 162. So uh, if people forget where exactly to go, you can just go to the show notes and that'll take you right to the Rapid Rebound product. Well, Amy, thank you so much for coming on. Like I said, I've been having quite a few episodes on regenerative medicine the past few months, and it's... I think it's absolutely fascinating the direction things are going. And I'm really excited to see kind of like what you said, the next five years will be really telling what exactly we can do with the anti-aging process. And uh, we'll see a lot of changes in people for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. It was a blast chatting with Dr. Amy about how to age gracefully and different ways to use regenerative medicine to improve our skin health and our sexual functions. And what a story coming over from the ER and then making her way into regenerative medicine. The different things she has experienced in her career is unparalleled compared to most other physicians out there. So anyone working in ERs, I always look up to them. They see some of the craziest stuff that you would ever see as a physician. So um, thank you to any anyone working in the ERs out there. Now, if you want to learn more about Dr. Amy, then head on over to dramykillen.com and you can learn how you can connect with her, learn more about regenerative medicine, and see if anything that she has available is something that could help 
benefit you. Next week, I have Casey Garrett on the show. Let's go learn who she is and what we'll be learning about. I am here with Casey Garrett. Hey, Casey, what is one unique thing about you that most people don't know? (laughs) I am a massive, massive NCAA college basketball fan. Really? So when (laughs) March Madness comes around, you're all in, huh? I have a slower response rate that month. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) That must have been a really big bummer when they canceled it like two years ago, like two days before it was about to start. Yes, I think I wrote a book or something that year. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what will we be learning about in our interview together? We will be learning about microdosing, the practice of taking small subperceptual amounts of psychedelic or entheogenic plant medicines and incorporating that into your daily life. And what are your favorite foods or nutrients that you think everyone should get more of in their diet? Mm, Mushrooms, of course, um, have so many positive attributes. and they're so fun to check out. You know, it's such a such a fascinating array of mushrooms. So, a great resource for that is Paul Stamets, who's a very famous mycologist. Um, checking out him and his website is a great place to um, check out an array of mushrooms that you may or may not have ever heard of. I also love microgreens. Microgreens are a really fun, easy way. And if you have an indoor space, they're easy to fun to grow indoors. Um, and you can put them on fun, fun, putting them on everything. And then this time of year, like fall and winter, I love, love root vegetables are really good. And they're also really grounding for a time where, you know, it's never a dull moment here in the United States these days. And so any foods that are deeply nourishing and grounding to our energy. Um, so the root, root veggies, I would recommend too. And what are your top three health tips for anyone who wants to improve their overall wellness? Oh, wow. I think the tops would be to develop a daily contemplative practice. Um, there's nothing that has been more meaningful and life-changing to me than having, and that could be a meditation practice, yoga, uh, qigong, just whatever resonates with you, but doing something every day, preferably in the morning. Um, also, doing something of service each and every day. Um, Some people have a gratitude practice, a giving practice, and it's amazing how much, like how small this is, but we live in such a transactional culture these days here in the United States where we don't, we're kind of wired, we do something when we're getting something. And so each day to like develop a, a giving practice or being of service, even if it's just to support a friend or support a small business, um, without expecting anything in return has, you know, energetic, karmic, and just, just feel good benefits that are far beyond, you know, whatever act. And lastly, I would say doing really discovering what brings you joy in this lifetime. You know, some of us wait so many decades before, you know, we tap back into that and it's like what we really, really love to do. So I'd say that's one thing that's so important to do is really finding what your own unique joy is and having some connection to that on a, on a daily basis um, is key. It's going to be a lot of fun learning all about microdosing and how to utilize these different psychedelics in very small forms to see how it can impact your health. So until then, keep climbing to the peak of your health.